Hi there, welcome to episode 23 of uh, Sparks of Madness, and I hope you had a good Easter weekend. Um, this week's guest is Vicky Delirious, who um, is a comic from The SAF, um, who I speak with about her mental health issues, which arise as a result of her partner's mental health crisis, really. Um, we get into some quite deep um, situations, some quite dark situations in in this Although Vicky's demeanour throughout is always one that's quite positive and, and uplifting. Um, content warning, we do discuss attempted suicide in this episode. Um, so please do bear that in mind. Um, and we then discuss how that incident triggered Vicky's own sense of crisis. And she's been in crisis relatively recently as well. So pleased to say that again, she seems to be coming out of it, which is great. Um, I do hope you enjoy the episode and uh, let us know what you think. Thank you. So welcome everyone to episode 23 of Sparks of Madness um, and my guest today is Vicky Delirious coming to us from Southampton. How are you doing Vicky? I'm good, how are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm alright, I had my, um, it's Tuesday now and I had my Covid vaccine last Thursday um, Yep. and I've been feeling like shit ever since so I'm just coming out of that. I was going to ask how you're feeling. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of coming out of the back of that. Um, it's been a really weird weekend, obviously much better than actually having Covid. Um, oh, exactly. Um, Obviously. Just, just rough, basically. <laughs> rough as a dog's oh. ass for a few days. So, yeah, I'm all right, though. Um, yeah. how's, how's lockdown been treating you? Oh, it's affected a bit. This last lockdown, this one we're in now, like, even though there's a light at the end of the tunnel, this one has just, just had enough. <laughs> just... do, you, do you think that the light at the end of the tunnel makes it worse? Yeah, I think so. I it's like just... tantalising, isn't it? It's like, oh, you can just... Yeah, it's like, and... oh, it's a few weeks. Yeah. It's a few weeks. And then... Yeah. My other half, he's a bar supervisor, and they went, yeah, you're not coming back for at least 11 weeks because they've got a small garden. So it's yeah. like, oh, he's still got another couple of months. <laughs> so has he <laughs> like been furloughed then? Or is yeah. He... Jeez, yeah. It's just hard. He lost, it? I know, he lost his job last year, so did I. I mean, this will go into everything. But <laughs> yeah. um, we both lost our jobs, and then I've got another job now. I'm a carer. Yeah, um, okay. I haven't had my jab yet. <laughs> I just have a COVID test twice a week. <laughs> yeah. You need to be but fat like you... me. If you're fat like me, you can just kind of jump the queue. It's one of the few benefits. They don't tell you that. They say, you know, you'll struggle climbing stairs and you won't be able to see your penis for yeah. years. But they don't say you'll get to the front of the queue for, for coronavirus. You know what? I've, so. I've lost weight. I've lost about three stone in the last couple of years. Damn it. Damn it. Should have been eating all that banana bread and no, pasta. I yeah. bloody love food. The thing is, last year I was working in the first lockdown and um before I lost my job so I was on my feet all the time so I was losing loads of weight yeah. and all my friends were like drinking and getting really fat and I was like look at me I look fab I didn't but I was, <laughs> just, <laughs> I was just jealous they were drinking alcohol all day and getting fat <laughs> <laughs> so um so how long have you been going in comedy then Ricky you've been going a um while, yeah properly the last couple of years yeah um, I kind of dabbled about four years ago and so when I you mean, say properly, what do you mean by properly? I just went for it as in actually started to network more and not yeah. just like find an open mic night on my own and not <laughs> play the game talk. a little bit. Yeah, because I, I was hot. I kind of I was looking for open mic nights just to start it. And then mm. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anyone doing comedy. Yeah. So the, I was I had no clue what the comedy world was like. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I kind of did it on my own and then I got offered MC jobs for tattoo conventions. So it wasn't comedy as such. So I was on stage, um, but my other half's mental health went down really well. So hence right. why I didn't carry on with going for it with comedy. And then I decided to go for it after my baby was seven months because that was a really good idea. <laughs> okay, because that's what you want is juggling and went to a newborn. And... Well, you know, a newborn, a mental boyfriend and, and you know, what well, go for it. <laughs> and a baby, for a baby in the mink. But for the last couple of years, pre-COVID, it's yep. been going all right. Yeah. Been, yeah, you've been making headway. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had, I'm not, I'll, I won't lie, last week, not literally last week, I had a breakdown. I had a nervous breakdown in November. There we go. Yeah. Um, I think the reason was I'd started, life had started to get back a bit normal, you know, in between the lockdowns. Mm -hmm. Um and I started getting some paid gigs and pro gigs. And yeah. my comedy, weirdly, weirdly, my comedy career in between the lockdowns of last summer, like in the summer, yeah. went really well. Yeah. <laughs> and then, boom, you're locked down again. And I, my brain was just like, hang on a minute. I'm, I'm, 
I'm getting paid for gigs now, and mm. not all of them. I'm still doing open mics. I'm and now you're taking it away from me again, Boris. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, basically. And I didn't realise, obviously, you know, I was doing comedy, and like everyone else who performs on stage, it was, it was just whipped away from you the first mm. time, and you kind of got on with it. But this time, it killed me. It just, yeah. well, not literally. I think it was weird God. because it, people were just starting to, it feels like back into the vault. August, September time, people were just kind of yeah. starting to get back into some sort of rhythm. People had adapted really well to running gigs in a safe way for COVID and all of that. Yeah. And then, boom, suddenly it was pulled out from under. And I think in a way, that's probably worse than if it just had never come back. If it had been since yeah. March last year until now and there were no gigs, yeah. I think I, perhaps yeah. that would have been better than giving you a taste and then taking it away. You know? Exactly. I think um, so. I started working for House of Comedy as well, like just helping yeah. booking and stuff. And yeah. um, I got that, and I was doing me and Luke, who works House of Comedy, we were meeting up. And so we were like having these like lunch meetings, talking yeah, about yeah, comedy yeah. and the future. And then yeah. suddenly, like, we'd put, we'd like, I think we were trying to organize about two things, and then they just never yeah. happened. And it was like, right. <laughs> I think the, the promising thing is, unless you're a space that is solely for comedy, like uh, certainly in the north when you've got places like mm. Frog and Bucket and Hot Water and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, unless you're a place that exists solely for comedy, yeah. other venues that were doing one night a month or a couple of nights a month or whatever, from my experience, are hungry to get back to it because they know that yeah. that will be one way of getting people back into yeah. bars on a Wednesday or a Thursday when yeah. people might be in two minds and stuff. Um, yeah. So I think that, I mean, I know I've got a few kind of irons in the fire for the for the end of May onwards and yeah. hope and, and it feels <clears> like certainly over the summer um that will become a bit more like normal yeah my my fear is or my expectation is I'm trying to prepare myself for the fact that maybe come the autumn it might be either yeah. socially distanced gigs or no gigs at all again um so I think adapting to I think online I don't like online gigs I don't know if you've done any I've done one I literally did one just before it's like Boris made the announcement the restrictions were lifting and I thought "Mm, let's do my first zoom gig now (laughs) yeah well I don't like them I've done a few no I'll do them I don't mind them but I don't I don't find them easy particularly because I've got a house full I've got you know wife two kids and a dog it's finding space to do them is hard Uh, but also they're not real you know they're they're very different But I think they're here to stay. I think some places are saying we're going to keep doing them even when people can come out because it's a way of your audience is kind of limitless and you can make a few extra quid even if only five people log on and watch it's an extra 25 quid or whatever. Yeah. um, So we'll see what happens. But anyway, talk to me. How did you get started in comedy? You said you dabbled in open mics, but what made you want to do that? Um, I've been doing drama since I was about nine. So I'm like an (laughs) ex-drama brat. (laughs) One of those really annoying people. (laughs) Um, But like the acting and singing was just not me. Like I'm like, yeah. I love performing, but oh, just, I just, it's not me at all. And then I have loved comedy since I was about 15, like mm-hmm. stand up comedy. And when I was about in my early twenties, I was like, mm. oh my God, this is what I should be doing. I can do yeah. this. I can make people <laughs> really cocky, you know, because you are in a way when you do start stand up, you're like, well, I can make people laugh. Mm. <laughs> this is why you're doing it. A lot it. of it's false bravado because you're really shitting you, yourself, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I remember going, I had an office job, which I don't have an office job anymore. Uh, and I was in Liverpool, weirdly enough. I actually spoke about this the other day to someone. Um, I was about 25 and I found a random open mic while I was working there for the week. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it was. It was in Liverpool near the city centre. That's all yeah. I know because it was that long ago. Um, I'm old. So, <laughs> um, and I did that. I did all right. I had a couple of laughs. And then mm. I didn't do it again. I just got stuck. It sounds awful. I got stuck into office life. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, then it wasn't mental health. It was just, I got stuck. <laughs> you know, mm. when you can pay the bills on time and it was a well-paid job. And I'm like, but I'm hating this. I need to do something else. I need to have yeah. an outlet somewhere else. Um, and then I didn't start it properly, as I said, until about two years ago. <laughs> just Honestly, it was mainly because of my other half's mental health, to be honest. Okay. I would have so what, tell me about that then, because you've, you've yeah. mentioned that a couple of times. What, what's yeah. the story um, Basically... Is so, this your current partner? or? Yes, big, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Father of my child, yeah. <laughs> current partner. Been together nearly six years. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, he had he was married before. 
I mean, this could this is going to be a can of worms, but I'll just say it. Basically, his ex-wife stops in and see the kids for a while, <laughs> yeah. um, which can affect a man. Mm-hmm. Which don't get me started on how strong I feel about women stopping and seeing men having <laughs> yeah. their kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously that affected him. There was lots of other stuff going on. He had the divorce. Um, his mum and dad didn't talk to me. They didn't want to know. They just didn't want to know me. He didn't want to know okay. that he had someone new in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about, it got too much and he tried to hang himself about two and a half years ago. Um, wow. It was actually just before I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> right, okay. So you didn't, have, you didn't have kids together at this point, but he'd got no, kids from previous Yeah, yeah okay. I've got, I've got four stepkids. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, yeah. So my, to get my a new house. hobby. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, or just a, a just safe sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he basically, I could tell his behaviour was getting worse and worse and worse up to that point of him trying to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows I'm talking about this. It's fine, no, it's by fine. everybody. Yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, it just it got to a point he was getting shouty, never like abusive or anything, but just blaming me for stuff that I hadn't yep. even done and other people had. And then one day he just couldn't take it anymore. And one night, we'd only had a couple of drinks and he just had enough, locked me out of the flat and had a washing line around his neck. And that was it. And he, okay. I had to scream. I, I don't even remember how I got him down. I just remember screaming. So it was night. you that found him and you that saved him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Okay. I'm smiling. I talk about this and smile, but it's just mm-hmm. a bit of a defensive thing. I'm lucky it's not recorded. <laughs> yeah. But, Must be um, horrific though. Must have been a horrific yeah, moment is. in your life. It is because I got from that, I like suffered a bit of PTSD from it because mm-hmm. I couldn't work out. And obviously he, where his behaviour changed, he'd slam doors a lot. <clears throat> it was just a slamming door thing that I think it was just frustration. Otherwise he was going to hit something else mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. hit something like a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, sorry. <laughs> There's so much of it. Sorry, my brain's gone a bit mushed. No, it's fine. It's, fine. <laughs> I apologize. So, it's not too much. It's getting my words right. No, no, that's cool. Um, but yeah, so... It, I, every time a door slams now, I can't, it, it does make me a bit, but it's weird. Like that's from two and a half years ago, but mm. it's still happens. But that sound of a door slamming immediately takes yeah. it there. To those, and I get really time. angry at people if they slam a door and they don't understand why. And I think, yeah, you don't, sorry. It's just like, I don't mean to go, don't slam the door. <laughs> but really it's normal. Yeah, well, <laughs> of course it thing. is. I mean, so my question to you there then is, mm. well, there's a couple of questions, obviously. Yeah. The first one is prior to that, how yeah. would you say your your mental health was generally? Was it relatively um, good before that, or were it good? Yeah, you had issues much. yourself? I didn't have major issues. I think when I was about twenty three, I think I was prescribed antidepressants. I was a bit unhappy, but I never took them. And mm. and then I kind of changed my situation in my life because it was just I was with someone I wasn't happy with. You know? Yeah, so you had a kind um, of a situational was, depression that yeah, was specific to a moment in time. And yeah. okay. Um, and then it sounds it sounds awful. My other half, he will he hates it. He he gets really upset because my mental health and now is probably a bit of a byproduct of what's happened with him. Yeah. Um, and I also like I had a baby in the last couple of years. I had a C section, so I was a new mum. He was still depressed. And there was all this going on. And his mum was still going on. And we still yeah. had problems with the ex and yeah, the kids. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like Kind of mayhem, really. But I'm one, yeah. But I'm one of these people. I won't tell you if there's anything wrong. I won't ask for help because I'm an independent woman. (laughs) I hate, but I am. My mum. I was going to ask if I was going to make ask if you have a penis hidden away somewhere (laughs) because that just sounds like every bloke I've ever talked to, and and without stereotyping, that is kind of the male mental health in a nutshell. Is is, is. I'm just going to crack on and until I can't. Did you get help? So obviously, I'm presuming your other half got help. Yes, um, I mean, I had, that was the worst thing. There wasn't a lot of help around, especially in lockdown. Like, obviously, mental health, there isn't a lot of money in it anyway, <laughs> the mm-hmm. NHS. But in lockdown and COVID times, it was impossible. Yeah. And it scares me because I do, well, I'm going off on tangents. Sorry, I go off on tangents sometimes. Mm. I know from the first lockdown, one of my friends is a coroner. And there was a funeral home and they, they had obviously a few bodies in there. And they went, oh, is this all COVID? And they went... No, only two of these COVID, the rest are suicide because yeah. of lockdown, pretty much. And you're like, that was the first lockdown. Yeah. Like, to think, I mean, I, I've literally, I don't know this person, but someone from Southampton who's very well liked and very well, quite well known, 
committed suicide last week. Mm. Um, I think I might have met him once, but mm. it was just like, this is, I keep hearing so much about it, especially men. And you're right, yeah, yeah. it is quite a man, uh, I'm, <laughs> I am quite mannish sometimes, I'm not your yeah, typical. Yeah, yeah. I'm quite, I'm quite blokey. I'm like, yeah. a bit like with this whole men and women thing going on at the moment, it's kind of like, if someone wolf whistles at me, I'm like that, hi! Like, mm. I don't care, that's my yeah, 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 <laughs> mentality yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and that's fine, everyone's, um, it's everyone to their own, isn't it, I suppose? And yeah. I think the, my, my thing is, with, with lockdown is, you're absolutely right that the it feels like from people I've spoken to that the mental health provision that was already pretty much piss poor yeah. has got worse. Um, oh, I saw yeah. I saw one comedian who I won't name posted I think no, yesterday. So someone yesterday in the industry who who I'm sort of an acquaintance with, um, yeah, you know, who I gigged with very recently, posting that they've just basically had a breakdown last week and the process of getting help when they're in crisis oh. has made it worse. And yeah. that, that is so far from what it should be like. It's unbelievable. Well, I'll tell you, um, when I had my breakdown in November, I was taken off in an ambulance and um, I was put in the waiting room in A&E. Now, there is a bit of a funny story to this because I always see the funny side of things, obviously. Yeah. Um, but they left me waiting in a, a waiting room for two hours. But first of all, though, there was a man who got put next to me at a social distance who walked in with a KFC bag on his head, with <laughs> the eyes cut out and, and a foot, half a football holding it on on his head. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to be all right <laughs> if I get to that point. <laughs> but the, honestly, well, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't make that up. That's what right, happened. That's I'm amazing. like, do you know what? I'll wait here a little bit. I'm OK. I'm going to be OK. Um, but they leave you, obviously, in A&E, they leave you like for hours mm. on your own. And then... At a time, a, really, that's the last yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, and there was a doctor on the phone in like the little ward I actually eventually got put on, um, and she was talking about someone else with mental health behaviour who had Tourette's. Now, they were going to, yeah, he's got a knife, he wants to kill himself. So I was hearing that while I was feeling really down, and I just thought, I just want to walk out of here. This is making me worse being here, like mm, being in mm. a hospital. And I tried to walk out, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I tried to walk out and they chased after me, and I went, but you've left me on my own hearing our conversation about someone try- wanting to kill themselves. Um, and I'm Meanwhile, with- Colonel Sanders has lost his shit next to you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. help me. Um, and then they said, oh, we can give you some anxiety tablets to chill you out. But then the doctor might not see you if you're a bit um, not with it because of the tablets. And I'm like... Mm. Catch 22. I mean, literally, that's But eventually um, I got to see two women who just went, they've said... I can tell I've got agitated depression and PTSD. Agitated is 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 the nice way of putting you had a nervous breakdown and you need to ask for help. <laughs> so um, in terms of when, when you say you had a breakdown prior yeah. sort of immediately prior to being taken to hospital, how did that manifest itself then? What was that what were the signs okay. of that? Um I kind of felt it for a few weeks. Like I just mm. couldn't handle anything, like my brain goes fuzzy. Like sometimes even when I get my words mixed up, like I just did about 10 minutes ago, mm. it's all to do with it because my brain just goes like that constantly mm-hmm. is on the go. Um, and I've had to try and kind of slow things down. Mm. And even mother half, even mother half gets annoyed with me. He's like, you don't have to do everything. <laughs> but I'm like, God, no, that I sounds do. like my wife talk. That sounds very much like my wife talking to me. <laughs> even, even just last night, she was like, why can't you, when we're watching the TV, why can't you just watch the TV? Why do you have to be scrolling on Twitter at the same time or doing this or doing that? And it's like, because I, I can't just sit, <laughs> you know, I can't do I, that. No, I can't do it. I can't. I'm not one of those people who can just sit on my ass all day and not mm. do anything. And my brain's just going, I'm like, I've got to do this, this and this. I mean, I'm, I'm doing a blog at the moment that I need to, like, doing a post at the moment. And I've got my YouTube channel. I'm trying to write com- um, comedy as well because I'm mm. doing a preview show at the end of this year. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, and I have a baby. Well, a new mm. two-year-old who's just mental. <laughs> mm. Mm. But luckily, my other half's mental health's a lot better, and I'm on med- I'm on strong medication now. So, <laughs> so he, so his mental health. When you say it's a lot better, would you say yeah. he's he's kind mm. of back to normal, or just closer yeah. to normal than he was? Um, closer to normal. There's yeah. days like recently, it's been really nice. I can actually say it's like even the last few days, like we're just kind of getting our relationship back. If yeah. in a way, he, he, he we've talked about this. He knows I'm going to talk about it if it comes mm. up. Um, but like, cause it does kind of divide you. You're kind of, I basically, when I, going back to when I tried to get him help, we got um, referred to the acute mental health unit who, when we eventually, after lots of fighting with 
hospitals and doctors. We got him referred there and they literally went, oh, you're his carer. And I was like, okay, I've got PTSD and a baby. Mm, <laughs> and yes. I'm like, and they went, oh, that's fine. And we're going to send you a carer's card so you get some discounts at some at some cafes. And then lockdown happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then lockdown happened. That was the funniest yeah. thing about that carer's card. Um, so they made me his carer. So I was technically not like, we didn't really have a relationship. It sounds awful, mm, not yeah. like the relationship you should have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, recently, I mean, this... <laughs> I don't want to like annoy people but this weekend like our, um my mother-in-law's looking after our child for two days just mm-hmm. because we've not we've not had a break, had a break. For, at all the yeah. last break we had was halloween for the night and that was it because of lockdown as well he's not yeah. had any time away with anyone couldn't see mm. his grandparents so mm. that's been hard as well yeah but yeah his mental health is much better it's he's got tablets he has video counseling sessions once a week now <laughs> So that's helped a lot. <laughs> and I suppose if he's, because you're his carer, whether you kind of, whether you, you're not defined by that, but because of that yeah. dynamic in your relationship having changed, yeah, the better he is, the more that frees you to, to self-care. I yes, it does. So it does. There's, it's like a valve being released of pressure or whatever you need yeah. to, to do. I mean, but, I mean, to be honest with me, my mental health has been pretty okay. Um, yeah. throughout all of lockdown okay I'd say that as a sort of a qualified yeah. okay not brilliant <laughs> but my, my kids are 14 and 11 but we me and my wife haven't had time on our own in no no you don't and and it's really difficult from a from any for anyone I think in a relationship to not have the ability just to chill on your own and just be on your own and you know yeah. and, and I think that that pressure of lockdown must have taken uh, to the point where, like, if we argue, me and my wife sometimes argue, and my kids might be like, oh, that's normal. <laughs> it's like, oh, why'd you argue? And we'll be like, I just, I turned around to my kids a few weeks ago and went, trust me, after the last year, genuinely, the fact that neither of us have hurt the other one or killed yeah. the other one is an achievement. That's exactly. a sign of an okay marriage at the moment, <laughs> you know, and that shouldn't be, but it is. The fact that nobody has died. No, 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 do you no know what though? Being broken, no it's doors so being true. <laughs> it's, it is true, and, and it's really hard to look at it like that sometimes. But my, my wife's just about to celebrate her second lockdown birthday next week. Oh wow! Last, last year, um, because it was just about to start, her birthday's at the beginning of April, and obviously lockdown yeah. in March. I'd already effectively bought like a spa break for the two of us to go on, which oh, we no. still haven't gone on. You know. Oh, no. And that was going to be our time away because we haven't had any for a while because of comedy and stuff and all that, you know. So I think it, the pressure, even if you're healthy mentally, yeah. Yeah. have that added pressure of going through the sort of the turmoil, if you like, that you guys have yeah. And to feel like maybe you're coming out the other side is a massive, must be a massive relief it is it's really nice we're like this i mean this weekend we can't wait i know we can't go out or anything but Mm. we can we get takeaway and just food and not have a baby like just a child Mm. go mental Mm. and have some quality time together Mm. but it was but it was like craig mother half said to me he said oh you could write some comedy as well because that's one of the things that has stopped me from when all this is going on because obviously Craig does have a bad day and I might. Luckily, they're always separate days, like they're opposite yeah. days, which is great for our child. <laughs> um, but our child never goes out. Like someone once asked me, they're like, oh, how, how is your little boy? How's, and I'm like, he's the happiest little boy. He's mental. Like he's mm. good mental. Mm. <laughs> he's just mm. like that. Ah, and mm. definitely takes after me, <laughs> which is great. Mm. <laughs> um but you just get on with it when you've got children as well. Those days where you're feeling really crap, there's days I've wanted to just stay in bed and I'm mm. like, I can't. I literally have this yeah. little person who's like that, mama, mama. And I think in a way that's possibly a godsend because I'd imagine, <clears throat> or I know people who live on their own who have. Yeah. I've got a friend who's, who lives on his own. Um, see, he's got he's got a child that he sees every weekend, but during the week he's on his own. Yeah. For five days, solid from dawn till dusk, and he's working from yeah. home or he's not working, and that must be just so painfully lonely yeah you know I can't... used to seeing people so at least you've got the reason to get up and out of bed and you've got the reason yeah. to get showered and you've got the reason to eat and drink and yeah function you know yeah I think that's a really good one tell me about your comedy then in terms My of comedy. how would what you, you if you were to sort of <laughs> sum up your style on stage you're quite I mean talking to you now you feel it feels like you're quite high energy you're quite yeah. positive um yeah 
your stage name is Vicky Delirious, which is <laughs> a certain indicator. You're not going to be, I think, kind of the the quiet, shy, retiring, slow-paced comic, I guess. Can you tell I'm shy? <laughs> uh, um, mate, I talk about my life. I talk about some of the mental health stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the last joke I did, one of my finishers was about how my child, our child has conceived on a sex tape. <laughs> Sorry? You made a sex tape and that's when you got pregnant. Is that the... Yeah. Um, is that a true story or was that a gag? Yes, that is, no, that is a true story. And it is okay. one of my... Se- it's odd, if actually... You, if you upload that video somewhere, I'll put the link on. Honestly, I've got, I've got the video. I can <laughs> no, send you the whole set. No, no. No, no, no. <laughs> I thought you meant the video video. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> no, the video of the set, not the, that night. That's on the laptop. Laptop <laughs> under lock. It's very... It's, it's, I don't ever want to watch it. Don't ever watch your own sex no, 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 no. But yeah, one of the jokes is just like I go, you know, when people say when they name their child after where they were conceived from. And then one of the jokes is on a sex tape, we decided that wasn't a good name. And it's that kind of, it's just my mm. life because I can't make it up. Yeah. Um, and when I like go on stage, I always think I'm rubbish. And I come off and like, I'll tell you actually, there's a video. And one night I was actually headlining. It was only an open mic night, but you know when yeah. you're the last dog. Last one on because you're the strongest. That's my little yeah. dream. That's my little yeah. dream. Yeah. <laughs> I've got there. Um, and I went on and it was really funny. My friend Ben, he said to me, when you had applause breaks, Vic, he said, you just killed it. And I went, yeah. nah, <laughs> nah. He didn't see it. No, I watched the video, got the video about a week later and I went, oh, check me out. <laughs> just... <laughs> And is that, that, is that like a, just a lack of awareness or is that sort of imposter syndrome or, or what is it? I don't know. I think it's just me and my insecurity. Like I go on stage. I know I'm funny. I'm now getting booked. I now don't have to ask for as many gigs. I still ask mm. for gigs because I'm trying to do, mm. actually with it, I'm trying to do more up north when yeah. I'm allowed to go up north because I'm trying to get out of Southampton a bit and trying to mm. <laughs> get my comedy everywhere in the UK. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um but it's been quite difficult because obviously with the mental health stuff that's been going on, um, because there's been, that was one thing I can tell you, like I've lost gigs or I've had to give up gigs because of Craig and his mental health. Yeah. Or, or there's days I've got on stage when I've had a really bad day and I thought I've got to cancel this gig because if I don't, I'm not, I can't get on stage mm. today. Like, so I push myself. <laughs> if you're, so imagine I'm running a gig and you're going to, you're, you're feeling like you're not cap- not able to do it because of your mental health. Yeah. What do you, what do you say to me as a, do you, t- are you honest with me as a promoter? Do you say genuinely I'm having a bit of a mental health issue or? I did once because it was my friend, but the two times before I actually didn't cancel. I was about mm. this, I was about two minutes okay. from cancelling, but I always try, I don't like to cancel yeah. any gig unless there's a really good reason. Yeah, Usually yeah, yeah. I think two times I've had to, it's because of my child. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's but enough. that's, but that's life, I'm always, you know? yeah. But yeah, I was honest because A, it was one of my friends that was pretty easy. But I don't know. Yeah, I would always, I'm an honest person. I can't lie for shit. So So in those two gigs then where you you kind of didn't want to do it. Yeah. Felt mentally in the wrong place. Yeah. Talk me through kind of what you felt maybe immediately before and immediately after the gig. If you can remember um just before I remember because it was it was down the road from my house so it was only like five minutes so I was at home and I was just like I can't do this and I just felt really sick and I cried <laughs> and bitched like any like sounds awful sounds such a womanly thing to do but that's what I did I just mm-hmm. I can't do this I can't do this why am I doing comedy yeah um and then I have to say Craig regardless of when he's been bad he has always been supportive of the comedy like he's always gone get out that door get on that stage I don't yeah. care I don't want me stopping you doing what you love doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then usually this is probably not the healthiest thing to do, but I will have a couple of pints and then I'll get mm-hmm. back on stage. That's not healthy at no. all. But, but I helps, only have helps. two. Yeah, but those days I will always, to be fair, you usually have to have one before I go on stage anyway. But it's always two on those days because I'm like, I can't do it otherwise. Above three, there's no way you'll get any sense out of me. Yeah. So you know, but, you know your limit. Um, yeah, I do with on stage because if I'm nervous and have more than two pints, I'm just going to go because yeah. I'll just talk too fast and no one understand me like so, I do most of the time. In terms of after those gigs where you really didn't want to do it, yeah, did you come off thinking shouldn't have done it, or did you come off no. thinking why did I wa- why was I worried? 
Yeah, that that I'm I'm buzzing. I'm always buzzing, even if I bomb, because we all bomb at times. <clears throat> and what yeah, so what does it give you then? What does the performance give you that you're not getting elsewhere? I don't know. It's weird. I just on stage. I don't know if it's the same for everyone else. I just don't feel like me. I feel, yeah. I'm like I. It's weird. As soon. I'm so nervous, whatever, however I'm feeling, if I'm having a good day, I get really nervous before. It doesn't matter if it's a five minute spot, mm-hmm. I'm literally shitting myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as I start talking, it's like everything else goes away. It's so cheesy. Oh, that sounds really mm. bad. No, no, but it is. For me, it's such a massive escape being on stage and just talking. And I talk about my life. I don't even make anything up. Everything is just my life. Mm. <laughs> That's it. Maybe the odd bit might be exaggerated, but not a lie. Yeah. It's just just to make the joke funnier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all my life. And I just, people tend to laugh at my life. So, <laughs> so I, think, I mean, I, so I do sort of, my, my stuff is generally, apart from the odd sort of, maybe topical gag or whatever when I'm yeah. seeing my actual set is all me and yeah. that and I don't talk about mental health very much but it all no I don't feeds in um yeah I think that genuinely people appreciate that it's real and yeah I love that moment where you see when you're on the stage and you're in full pelt you're going at it and you look in the audience and you see a couple in the audience or some mates in the audience and they are singling out the person in their group who is exactly <laughs> doing, you know, that happened to you or... The, yeah, like, I, I love I, that. I do a couple of bits, I do quite a bit about sex and I do a bit about, um, a couple of a couple of bits about specific imagery around sex. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you, like, one I do is about when, when you get cramp when you're having sex. And, <laughs> and like, there's a, there's a, there was a particular moment when I was in hot water in Liverpool where in the front row, a woman yeah. nudged her husband and went, that happened to you? <laughs> and then there's another one where I talk about, um, you know, when when a woman has to clean herself up afterwards. Yeah. Uh, what, what the Scousers call the cum run. Um, you have to go to the bathroom. And, yeah. Uh, and again, you get, and I sort of say, when women do that walk from below the yeah. knees, like that, and, and you get that moment where people in the audience are laughing. And it's like, well, this yeah. is all just true stuff. It is. It's just, just your normal. take on it. And, and I think that when it comes to ma- the stuff I do about mental health, I sort of, I touch on it, but then the punchline to my one good mental health yeah. gag, a true story. It's in the, yeah. uh, it's a, it could have happened to the moment. Yeah. And I think that what I've noticed when I do mental health material is the mood in the room sometimes changes a bit. Yeah, it does. I've, worry, I've, I think. Yeah. They go, ooh, where are you going with this? So you have to grab them back and show them it's safe. Well, I have a quite a dark joke that I, I did ask my other half if I could use, but he thought it was funny. He went, on, and it is quite dark because I said I'd lost weight. Um, the reason I lost weight was stress. Now, usually, I'm if I'm stressed, I eat and drink. I'm a beer drinker and I eat food. <laughs> Give yep. me a steak and beer and I'm happy. Cool. Um, but I lost a lot of weight because of like having a baby and yeah. his her mental health being really bad. And there was a joke I did and I was really worried about how it would go down but it was I will tell you the I will tell you in a minute but I loved it because it divided the audience yeah. into the audience going and then the others going ah! oh uh, yeah. <laughs> but I say um I say oh yeah I've lost weight um people keep asking me um how I've done it if I begin to the gym and I'm like no get yourself a suicidal boyfriend and have a baby <laughs> at the same time now I'm not that dark but that's as dark as I go <laughs> but it I've tried it twice and I have got laughs at it. I think people are just a little bit like, "Are you allowed to say that?" Just mm. show the half. Well, I, so I that? had um, I see my my bit about um, mental health. My mental health is just to do with antidepressants. But yeah. I once um, did a gig where my my best mate was in the audience, and he's had some real crisis moments in the last couple of years. And I start the joke off with, uh, "Give us a shout if you've ever taken antidepressants." And he was stood by the bar and he shouted louder than anybody in the place. <laughs> and, I just, and everybody was like, Bloody. and I was like, actually, that's my best mate. I've only brought him here to make sure he doesn't top himself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was an ad, it was a total ad lib, right? Love it. Um, and the room was just immediately divided like that. And they then joked that it's all right when we go home, I'm going to avoid any bridges, right? And this was the sort of the, and it, and it really divided the room. Yeah. And for me, the thing that that sort of gave me comfort was a it divided the room but b he was absolutely howling so it was like yeah. i didn't care then because no. i wasn't punching down at him that was almost no. me and him having a joke yeah. um 
and I probably would never do that again because it was a total ad lib. But I think yeah. that it was authentic, and I think that that my point, I suppose, here is that if you set out to, there's a phrase in comedy, isn't there, of being an edge lord? If you set out to try and shock, and that yeah. is your intention, and you're yeah. going to shock people into laughter, and that's your methodology. That's one way of doing it. And if you yeah. do that, then good luck to you. But it's not how I intend to try no. and do it. I sometimes might do on social media if I'm bored, you know, yeah. poke <laughs> the bear a bit, you know. But generally... You don't poke the bear too much. No, Some no, other no. comedians are awful. Oh, yeah. I stay out of it. I read it. I'm a lurker. I read yeah, everything yeah. and go, right. So I'm never going to book you. I don't ever want to book you. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, but I think the, the thing for me is that if you do that, if you're if your mechanism to laughter is how far can I push it in terms of shock value and yeah. offence, um, then there's a real risk, and, and particularly in certain areas, you're running a very real risk. And I think the one area where I would be most careful always is mental health because yeah, me too. you don't know what is going on in the room in terms of people's lives. And I think yeah. that's the fear and at for the moment, me. Yeah, and at the moment, I think especially, I think every, like even friends I know who have never had any mental health issues this last six months yeah. they're like I, I don't know what's going on with me and I'm like I think that's anxiety I think you're like you're just because de- you've not been working you've been working at home there's especially a friend who does she lives on her own and she's happy as Larry and she's got a really good life before lockdown and she still has a good job but yeah. she's luckily you know yeah. but she's not doing gallivanting everywhere or traveling and yeah, it's yeah. so it an bad impact. yeah yeah um everyone <clears throat> So, looking forward, when you say, by the way, you've been doing sort of seriously for two years, is that two years then lockdown here? Or is that like a year and then lockdown here? Uh, two, um, probably a year and a half and then lockdown here. Yeah, so that's why, because <laughs> yeah. I found myself I found myself saying, oh, I've been doing comedy for like nearly two years, and then actually it's yeah. nearly three years, but yeah. one of those is lockdown, so it doesn't count. Yeah. So it's, it's weird how people, just curious how people are categorising. Yeah, it, no. Know. Yeah, so it's probably like a year and a half. And then, yeah, so yeah. I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? God, yeah. this COVID has just ruined everything. Well, I mean, in <laughs> lockdown, I've probably done a month's worth of gigs. Yeah. In like 13 <laughs> months. So what the fuck, you know. Yeah. Um, don't, don't count it. Don't, you know. Um, in terms of the future then. So, you know, we're now at the end of March. Yeah. We're coming into a situation where, you know, this week, the latest restrictions have been eased a bit. And then in a few yeah. weeks, a few more. Um, what's your... Have you got a plan for you as an act, as a career, or what's your, what's your um, idea? Yeah, I really want to. I really want to go for it. Um, I mean, I've already got a couple of gigs booked. Um, I've got one 21st of May, so that's just before everything really opens up again. Mm-hmm. That's um, I don't know if you know um, Ben McLaughlin. He's doing a preview show, and um, he's asked me to MC it. Okay. Uh, is it a strip? Is it a strip club as well? Nice. <laughs> a month. <laughs> A month before the strippers go back. <laughs> so if all else um, fails, you can get on the pole and make a few Exactly. I can have a little practice before they open again and see what I can do. Um, so I'm emceeing that, which is great. I'm My aim at the moment is I'm trying to write an hour show, which I've probably got about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I've got, you know, when you've got loads of bits and then yeah. you just... You've got to try and weave them together. Yeah. yeah. And I've got a title for it and it's just trying to make it all work. But my main aim is just to do more gigs up and down the UK, like get out of the South. Yeah. The South is great and I've had a great time and I always perform in the South, but I'm finding that I need to branch out more. Yeah. Um, and I had, there was a competition in Soho, which I got to the first heat because of COVID, they're rearranging it. It was the two North Down competition for a new act. Um, so I'm going to be doing that when I get a new date. So that was good that I got through to the first heat. But yeah, I'm just going to keep, just keep gigging. Yeah. Just keep gigging. Keep my name up there. Obviously, I'm working with House of Comedy. There'll be stuff coming up with that. So do that side of things as well. I'm not mm. my worst enemy. I'm always busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, like, I think <clears throat> the thing with comedy is that, like a lot of those those kind of entertainment-based industries, is you've got to be visible. You've got to try and keep your name out there because it's there'll be someone along and otherwise and you know um you know this it could be quite sort was... of competitive like that i think but yeah that's what i thought even in the lockdowns like the last year i've kind of i don't i hate facebook <laughs> I, just, mm. I don't like comedians on facebook um and i keep out of the drama but yeah. i do like keep an eye see what's going on yeah and see where the gigs are. And then I done my YouTube, I like eventually decided to actually do a YouTube channel, which I've been wanting to do for ages. There's not a lot on there at the moment, but I actually did that. 
and kept my name out there and then just kept plugging it and just kept yeah. promoting it. So people could just even just keep seeing Vicky Delirious. Who's yeah. this? Who's yeah. this? Yeah. Then for some comedians who like, I'd never met you. Okay, we've kind of met now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, they, um, come on, I was going to say now, oh my God, my brain's gone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is what you find about me. My, This is what I'm a bit like on stage sometimes. I'm like that. A bit of a oh, brain fart. Come back. Yeah. So um, you've talked about... Um, I think you sort of alluded to some of the drama that goes on on Facebook in the comedy networks in the comedy industry. Um, The biggest thing I think that happened during lockdown, um, and I've spoken to a few of the previous female guests about this, is kind of a a bit of a a Me Too movement, um, which has not been the first time within comedy, from what I understand. It happens every couple of years. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it feels like this time, perhaps there's more of a movement to make sure it's the last time we need a big kind of revelation yeah. of stories what's your as a female act in comedy you know albeit a relatively um relatively towards the sort of beginner level yeah um making your way into regular paid work etc what's your experience as a female act been has it been like have you had any issues or do you feel like you know you've always what? been safe or, or what um i feel i've been always all right <laughs> mm. um it's gonna sound awful like i know this could end up in a debate with some people if they listen to it but I do honestly think, I don't think any female should feel scared at any comedy club. Yeah. But also I do think it depends on your personality. Now I know not all comedians are all like, I say like female comedians are like me, quite blokey, don't mm-hmm. really, I, I'm banter, I don't really care. If you say something a bit sexual, I just don't take much notice. I'm like, ah, <laughs> and mm-hmm. say something back. Um, I've never had any problem. I've only ever had one comedian who I was emceeing for, I won't say his name, mm-hmm. who was rude to me but that's all I've ever had he just looked he I went over I always when I MC, I don't know if this is the done thing this is what I do is I always go over to the acts and go is there any particular way you want to introduce be introduced yeah that's the right thing or to do I've got or I've got something for you yeah <laughs> like and yeah, that's most absolutely of the, the right time, thing to do yeah. yeah and most of the time they all the acts will go yeah whatever mm. <laughs> and he literally first of all I went on the MC and he went yeah, I saw, looked me up and down. Mm-hmm. I was like, Whoop! And then I went, asked that question about the introduction. And he went, mm, just, oh, actually, I can't say what he said because it might give away his name okay. to people. Um, but he said something and I went, well, I'm not 12 years old. Yeah. But then I didn't realise he's actually fr- friends with some of the, my comedy friends in the South. And I'm, and they were really surprised he was like that to me. But so okay. I was like... So but he might have been having, having a, a bad day. He might just yeah, been, yeah. And, but and, it put it put me off because he was rude. Like he was just so rude about it. And I'm just I'm. That's one thing I find difficult. And I've got thick skin. But comedy, I'm really nice. I don't think everyone's my friend. I'm not that mm-hmm. stupid and naive. I'm 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 40 next year. <laughs> I've, I've lived a little. I know people are pricks. Some people yeah. are pricks, but. I find it difficult that people just can't be civil to each other. Like yeah. we're in this together. We're all comedians, okay? We're all gonna every, all all of us doing open mic nights, trying mm-hmm. to make it. We're all in the same boat. We all feel the same, pretty much. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to do this, but everyone's just not everyone. I'll take that everyone out. Some people just want to get one up on people and shit yeah. on them, and and then. If someone's successful, I hate this. When you especially see this on Facebook, it really bugs me. This is why I hate it. Someone will go, I've got this show or I'm doing this. And you're like, well done me. I'm like, oh, cracking. And then other people just put them down. And I'm yeah. like, that's just jealousy. and path- You're not good. But then I think those people are not going to go very far in comedy. That's. Oh, I think you're right. I think how- the, my experience has been that the people that, it's it's very easy to sudden to work out who's who's a dick and who's not. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and you move on from those who are dicks. And there's a chance that that some people think you're one of the dicks, and there's a chance that you are, yeah. and then there's a chance that you're not. And it probably depends on how you you know you rub along with people or whatever. Um, my my experience has been particularly with gigs. We're all there to do a job, and we're a team on the night that have a job yeah. to do, which is entertain the audience, make them want to come back simple yeah um and if we can do it work like that then that's the way to do it and, it, and, and there's no reason for rudeness or or no. any of that shit and i have never and this is the thing i think that took me by surprise last summer was you know as a bloke in in comedy who started to run some local gigs and you know yeah. some pro gigs and whatever i've never seen any behavior 
that made me go fuck you know in yeah. terms of safety or or sexism or any of that shit yeah um but it certainly opened my eyes to the possibility and the risk of it what's happened in the last year or so um and and there's been a couple of things that i realized that i could have done better to make that risk less when, yeah. because i wasn't aware of the risk um so i think i think there will be a bit of a change but i'm just really i suppose i'm just really intrigued to learn from <clears throat> from women in the you know, I wouldn't want to as a bloke sit here and say ah you'll never feel unsafe at one of my gigs all I can say is I hope you never will and I'll do everything no. I can kind of thing um, but it's an interesting time definitely I think that's a really that's amazing I think most or well, most people are trying to do that and yeah. I think there aren't actually I, as far as I know again I don't know I don't think there's many promoters or spaces that don't feel that safe yeah i think sometimes it's the individuals who you're working with or mm-hmm. on the bill i don't so i think sometimes promoters and bookers can do everything they can yeah. but unfortunately there's always going to be that dickhead who it's never going to be zero <laughs> risk is it no. but that's like i suppose that's like working in an office or traveling yeah on exactly or um, whatever. i'll tell you yeah. there's actually said there's one thing that's only ever been said to me but it doesn't mean to say i didn't feel safe but when i started getting a couple of pro gigs last year um the rumors you know when you like on the local circuit people I don't really know we're like oh she must be sucking dick to get those gigs and I'm like okay I'd heard that <laughs> no, like... I hadn't I hadn't <laughs> <laughs> all the way up in Yorkshire yeah yeah Vicky Delirious or such a gig, yeah. <laughs> um I just give up free play jobs for gigs um yeah. <laughs> but yeah I had that it didn't upset me I laughed about it but at the I same... think that that sadly might be more common that sort of yeah talk might be more common um and again it doesn't do anyone any favors um no. you know um i mean i have sucked a few cocks to get gigs but that's my choice yeah that's um, fair enough <laughs> just don't yeah. tell my wife um no, but, no, um, but no I think, us. <laughs> yeah. but no i think i think it's i hope there's been a bit of a a seed change and it we're all meant to most comics are meant to be kind of uber woke lefty liberal tossers aren't we so if we can't behave <laughs> that way to each other yeah you know, then, then there's something wrong i suppose but listen uh, so it's been really good talking to you i think it's yes. been interesting for me because i think that of all you know the guests we've had so far yours is probably the the first story where the mental health of, a, of another has had an impact on your mental health and yeah. obviously a very specific example which which are you know really grateful you've shared and I'm glad that, that Craig and you are both doing better now, which is really good. Yeah. I do have a question for you. Yes. Um, and this is the question I ask everyone at the end of the podcast. It's okay. Question. And that is, if I could, and, and I suppose yours has a bit of a, I'll ask it in the same way, but yours probably yeah. has a bit of an inferred extra meaning. But okay. if I could take, if I could wave a magic <clears throat> wand and take away all of the, the mental health issues you've had um, yeah. and all of the sort of triggery points that you've had, yeah. So your mental health has always stayed healthy and yeah. been on an even keel and always will do. Yep. I suppose you don't do comedy and never have done comedy. You kind of that's yeah. the, the deal. Would yeah. you take that deal? No. no. <laughs> I love comedy too. Much. I wasn't so I wasn't sure because Honestly. so this is now the twenty third episode and I think only one person has said yes. But I wondered with yours, because of the the Craig element, whether that might yeah. change your answer somewhat. But um No, I <laughs> As I said, like Craig's so supportive. Like yeah. it, I think sometimes he's got his mental health has become a little bit worse or got low because I've I mean, there's sometimes like not cancelled a gig, but I've been offered, but I've said no, which isn't cancelling. It was just yeah. like, Do you want to do this? And I'm like, Oh no, I can't do that. And I worry about him too much. And he's like, You need to stop worrying about me. Mm. He went, just think of your comedy. Danny, our little boy, he's like, he's fine. Like, just go and do your dream because he went, you've given up so much mm. for me and my family. Mm. Um, and I'm like, okay, but I still feel bad because I'm not that kind of person. I don't, I'm not selfish. I'm like, no. yeah. Which is it. So but, last week's guest who, um, and the pod isn't out yet, it's coming out today or tomorrow. Um, Leanne Eastop, um, who yep, yep. Um, I spoke with, she talked about the pressures of being a single mum. Yeah. And why she felt it was, and she's right well it's absolutely okay that she's selfish enough to do comedy yeah that's that's her one outlet where she can be herself um so it's interesting that you're saying you're not selfish i think be selfish fuck it yeah i know yourself because everyone says that (laughs) 
the old adage, laughter is the best medicine or whatever, if doing comedy helps you vent, release, whatever, it's better than not doing it, isn't it? Exactly. And yeah. I love it. And I love, I love, you know, we all love it. We love hearing the laughter. Yeah, we yeah. love hearing the praise after. That's what we love doing. Yeah, yeah <laughs> We absolutely. wouldn't do it otherwise. That's why absolutely. we're doing it. Listen, it's been uh, great speaking to you. If you're yeah, ever you too. Up, if you're ever up north of the Watford Gap, then, you know, look, look, look us up up in West Yorkshire. I will, I do. I was actually going to contact you about a gig, but we'll, yeah, I'll we'll talk later. <laughs> do it later. Yeah, no worries. Always. Yeah. All right. Cool. Wicked. Thanks very much, Vicky. Right. Thanks, care. Phil. I'll speak to you soon. So that was Vicky. Um, really interesting conversation. Again, I'm finding all of these conversations really interesting. Now we're 23 episodes in, and I've not been anything other than than intrigued or interested every time. Um, I think we talk about you know a lot of stuff that some people shy away from, and Vicky certainly doesn't do that. So thanks very much to Vicky for being so open, um, and thanks to her partner Craig for um, giving her kind of the the license, the permission to do that. Um, I think it, it's really important that we understand and we respect the impact that our own mental health issues can have on others. And I think what we see here is, you know, the the impact on both Vicky and Craig of his initial issues and then subsequently hers. So um, I hope you enjoyed it. Do like, subscribe, share, whatever it is you do with podcasts. Um, as I said before, we don't get a huge list of numbers on this, but what does keep me going as the host is, Every now and again, someone will drop me a line and say that they've listened to an episode and that particular episode resonated with them in some way or it helped them or they just found something particularly funny or what have you. I'm going to try and line up some more interesting guests and maybe some more high-profile guests once I get the bottle to start asking people who you might have actually heard of if you're not in the comedy industry yourself. Um, but do drop us a line, take care, um, and uh, stay safe. Cheers. Sparks of Madness is hosted by Graham Rayner and is a Gag and Bone Man comedy production.